Father Dave and Deacon Bob talk about the Super Bowl, which they hadn't seen yet, the Baseball Hall of Fame, finally answer questions from listeners, and share their most effective Lenten fasts. And now, here are Father Dave and Deacon Bob. Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. I knew the Chiefs would win. I knew the 49ers would win. Wait, what happened? We don't know. So this is an unusual day. Very unusual. Have we ever recorded on a Thursday before? No, not ever. We've been doing this podcast for 36 years. That's right. And (laughs) And we've never done it on a Thursday Thursday. before. Uh, Father Dave is going on a little bit of a sabbatical week of uh, fellowship and good times. So, But we didn't want to have you left me hanging in the beginning of Lent. No, no. I mean, somebody might even be so crazy (laughs) as to give up podcasts for Lent. Maybe that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so since we have no idea what happened with the Super Bowl, let's What just, do we think? Well, what do you want? Let's not think. Let's desire, David. Yeah. Yeah, I desired you pick the Chiefs and I pick the 49ers. So I desired the 49ers won with Brock Purdy with about eight minutes left, taking the ball, taking the ball down, scoring with about eight minutes left to win the game. Okay. I had more grandiose dreams. Uh-huh. Um, I know you made me pick the Chiefs. and I invited you to. You invited me to. And you know what? I'm actually, I've decided I'm going to lean into that. Why wouldn't you? Because I, I also like Lamar Hunt. He's an, the Hunt family. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So, But this is what I also think would be good. The 49ers win. They're cheering. Yeah. Ticker tape and whatever is floating down. The camera pans over to Taylor Swift. Yep. Making out with George Kittle, the tight end of yeah. the 49ers. That would be strange. And in the background, you see Travis Kelsey crying. Yeah. Because she doesn't date losers. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. That would be a great idea. I don't think it's going to end like that. but It if might it, not. But if it does, I've got to, you and I have to have a nice long talk. Do you about think if, if the Chiefs win, she comes down on the field? Well, that's a really good, that's a good prop that's, bet. That's, that's the a question. really good. That's I, the question. I'm going to guess yes. Okay. I think so. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's not shy. No. no that's... You know the CBS guys are going to be pushing her down the stairs. <coughs> oh, yeah. No, we'll let you on the field. We'll let you on the field. Yeah. Not we, not the mom, though. This just lost it. Oh, I, that's probably just your headphone. No. Nope. I can hear you just yeah, great. There. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she'll make, the, she'll make the game. She'll have a wonderful concert in Japan. Um, and She's in Japan? Yeah. She has to go from Japan and get back to New Orleans for the game. You mean Las Vegas? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah if she's in New Orleans, she's going to miss the game. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's the plan. So we hope you all enjoyed it. I'm sure at some point we'll talk about the most important thing about the Super Bowl, which of course are commercials. The commercials. Yeah, we'll, we'll pick those up next time. Yeah. Um, we have not talked about the Hall of Fame. Baseball Hall of Fame has elected three new players. We have not talked about that. Um, not, not some interesting thing. First off, nobody who ever has any drug accusations has been elected, and they still hadn't. So okay. no, none of the druggies got elected. Wait a second. So that would be like Mark McGuire? Exactly. Um, so Sammy Sosa, Sosa, Barry Bonds, Barry is that Bonds, the guy? That, yep, yep, okay. yep, yep, all those guys. The asterisks. Yeah, so yeah. they continue not to be uh, elected. So Pete Rose? Pete Rose will never be. There's all he, kinds of things. Because of betting was Pete Rose. Right. Well, isn't, isn't that ironic <laughs> now, though? We're all yeah. into betting. Oh, isn't it crazy? I was actually just listening to a podcast about that. Tony Kornheiser was saying, it's like, 
you know, 10 years ago, stay as far away from betting as you can. And now you can literally bet at the ballpark. Yes. It's just. Exactly. It's changed so much. It's like marijuana. Yep, exactly. Bet on marijuana. So Adrian Beltran, third baseman, good player. He got elected. An interesting thing, the other guy was his name was Todd Hilton. And he plays for the Rockies. And he's the first player who's spent his entire career with the Rockies. Hmm. Great hitter. But most of his home runs and hits were in Colorado. And they say because of the air, because of the elevation. Yeah. And the ball travels further. It's like, it's unbelievable. Like twice as many yeah. of his home runs were in Colorado. So some people say he had an unfair advantage. That's ridiculous. An unfair That's air ridiculous. advantage. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And the third is a catcher, uh, Joe Maurer. Interesting thing. This will be interesting. I'll see if you can get it. Maybe okay. maybe you read some about this. Okay. Joe Maurer was the number one player. He's a catcher for the Minnesota Twins. Just a really good guy. Okay. Um, number one player picked in the MLB. Oh, he's like, do they have a draft? I guess yep. they have a draft. Like the fir first round draft pick or something like right, that? Right, exactly. Okay. okay. Out of, I think, like 60 number one people, how many do you think have made it to the Hall of Fame? The number one picks. Out of 60? Yeah, or something like Yeah, because of the years of it. Yeah. 10? Four. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really, really, really rare. Yeah. Yeah. So, Interesting. So the fact that he made it just a, yeah, honestly, Joe Maurer is just a good guy. He's from Minnesota, okay. his hometown. How long do you have to wait to be eligible? Five five years. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, and he got uh, elected on his first ballot. You have to have 76 or 75% of the vote, and he got like 78%. That's great. Yeah, so that's your, folks, your Hall of Fame. Yeah, if you thought watching baseball yeah. was boring, I talk hope you about, enjoyed this last about, segment. Talk about the Hall of Fame election. <laughs> Obscure players yes. who are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and you went to a game. You and Jake went to the ball game. You know, after our podcast, we had a great, again, just thanks to Jake. Uh, Jake and Heather Kim, our previous episode, they were in the studio with us. We had just a blast with them. And, it was fun. And uh, Jake and I got to know each other a bit. We went to – the best way to get to know another person is go to a sporting event with them, I think. So, I mean, another man-friend thing. So, anyway, we went to the Cavs. Uh, we saw the Cleveland Cavaliers. They, they destroyed the Sacramento Kings, and the Kings are no joke. They're a very, very good team. They scored 71 points by the halftime. Oh, my. That's oh a my. Cavs record, even with guys, LeBron there. You, you stayed through halftime? Oh, yeah, we stayed through halftime, and then we, we, we left in the beginning of the fourth. But did you it, have a cookie? Oh, I did, I yes. told them, I told them exactly. Yeah, I have, I have these routines, and there is a uh, cookie ice cream place on the first floor of Mor Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, and uh, it was very, very cool. Yeah, I told them. Did you have an uh, ultra? I always have an ultra, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't change. I walked him through this. What this might look like. And then in the fourth quarter, he's going to turn to you and he's going to say, so do you feel like you need to stay for the whole game? Yeah, that's right. So it was very satisfying listening to the game on the way home as they just destroyed him. Cavaliers, number two in the East. Okay. The second in the Eastern Conference. Finally, the media is going, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Knicks and the 76ers. And the Cavs just passed them. They've actually won, I think, 14 of their last 15. They won a game last night against the Washington Wizards. Oh, that's Mr. Wizard. And uh, it's very exciting. It's a good time to be a Cavs fan, and uh, and we're glad we even had some sports. Okay, one last thing before okay. you. Uh, I have the, one more NBA thing. The, Remember the in-season tournament? The Emirate Cup. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah. So there's an in-season tournament uh, that is now being branded as the Emirates Cup. Which just makes us sound a lot like soccer. Yeah, there you go. At that point. All right, so now we're done. And that's what we got. They're, they're glad we didn't leave them hanging, <laughs> hanging with that one. This is the promo I was supposed to read in the previous podcast, and I forgot to open up my computer. It's February, so you may be experiencing the winter blues. 
But summer can't be too off because registration for our student book conferences has just opened. Here at Franciscan University, we're hosting four adult conferences and four youth conferences this summer. Our adult conferences kick off with Power and Purpose Conference on June 14th, and our youth conferences start the weekend of June 21st. At each student book conference, you'll enjoy fellowship with other Catholics, hear from inspiring speakers, and most importantly, have an encounter with Jesus Christ. I assume somebody will be playing music, and that has... Not not the top of the list, I guess. But, you know, in the meantime, bathroom breaks. Bathroom breaks. We hope you'll join us this summer. Learn more and register for the adult and youth conferences at at steubenvilleconferences.com. That's steubenvilleconferences.com. Nice. It's going to be here before you know it. I know. Are you traveling to any youth conferences? I am hosting the Spokane Youth Conference, which is great. It's actually one of my faves. I love the smaller, chill yeah. conferences, and that's always a beautiful conference. They they usually get about 1,000, 1,200 kids. So if you're not familiar with our youth conferences, uh, often we get about 2,000 to 3,000. Some of the big ones, like yeah. the one in Texas, I think it's 4,000, maybe? Like Four everything's five, bigger in Texas. Everything is bigger in Texas. Yep. You're right. So um, it's exciting. Check it out. If you've never been to one of our conferences, do so. I would, I would say Power and Purpose. Is one of my faves. Mine too. Um, and you can't go wrong with any of them. We usually have the St. John Bosco Conference, but we're not this year because of the Eucharistic yes, thing. Indeed. And you and I will be at that. We will. That'll be great. We so will. that's another fun event to try to check out. And then, of course, our summer always ends with a bang uh, with the Defending the Faith Conference. DTF. Led by and our, then we're also, our dearly beloved Dr. Scott Hahn. We're doing one with Hallow. We're doing a joint collaboration conference with Hello. I, I believe it's the last one of the year this year. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess nobody asked me to play that one, so I don't know. I, I can't speak to that. <laughs> Is it live? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super yeah. fun. Yeah, cool. You'll get. You'll hear more about it, but check out studentbookconferences.com. Um, we are men so of I, our I've, I've got an idea. Yeah? What if, what if we answered some of the questions that people said? a great idea. So finally, at long last, the internet has been burning with, can you tell us, answer some of us, some of our questions. So here we go. All right. If you got to choose your ideal priestly or diaconal assignment. So I guess that means if you got to be assigned to any church or mission field or something like that, yeah. what would you choose? Well, I mean, I love what I'm doing. So sure. I love Franciscan. So can, can we assume it's like, other than what other than what you're doing, I like that. Yeah, that's okay, a good idea. okay, good. Um, I would love to go back to Gomming. Okay, it's just a wonderful. I mean, Gomming in Austria. Yeah, Gomming in Austria. We yeah. have a study abroad program there. Um, it's just such a great semester. First off, you're living in Austria, the Alps. It's beautiful. Smaller group of students. You get to know each one of them mm-hmm. during the semester. Small community. Everything is new for them. They get to see things and travel and visit churches and art and. Beauty. So that was just a great assignment. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, right. Other than where I'm at, because I really do love where I am at, I would say it would be fun to do something in Europe. Yeah. Like, I think it would be kind of cool. Um, I'm, I'm 100% Irish. So, like, the idea of like being a deacon in an Irish place and uh, 
And play just, music on the weekends. Just play music on the weekends, evangelize people, share the faith. Danny that, boy. Yeah, exactly. That nice, would be uh, nice. that would be good. But don't but don't play that at a funeral. Or I'm not why would I? I'm just saying it's like it's like band. All right, I have a I have a spin off question. Okay. If if you weren't Franciscan, what order would you be? Hmm. And you can't well, I'll just okay. If you weren't Franciscan, T O R. So I'll allow you to move within the Franciscan order. But what would you be? I don't know. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Yeah, maybe one of the other communities I looked at was a CSC, but that was just because I wanted to watch Notre Dame football. Mm. Um, yeah, probably one of the other Franciscan communities, but not one of the larger ones. So, like OFM Holy Name is just a really maybe large you should group. just explain real quick. Like, how many friend? There's there's the Capuchins. Yeah, France, are they the first ones? Or well, Francis started three orders: the OFMs, the Poor Clares, and the TORs. So oh. we say. It took him three times to get it right. <laughs> um, and then history, over over history, the first order has had lots of splits. Okay. So in what's called the Leonine Union at the end of the last century, um, Pope Leo said, okay, you have to, if you're in the first order, you have to belong to one of three, OFMs, OFM conventuals, or OFM capuchins. Hmm. <laughs> but even that, they begin to split as well. So the CFRs used to be caps. That so, was the one that Father Benedict Rochelle. Right, right. Okay. So he was a cap and they split. It's almost always over poverty. Really? Yeah. How do you live poverty in the 18th century? How do you live in the 19th century? My community didn't have that problem because we've seen poverty different. Francis went to the third order and they were largely teachers and people who worked in businesses and that kind of thing, because that's what Francis's mind was, was to try to bring about transformation in the temporal order by men and women who were participating in that. Okay. So where the first order would see no property, the third order would always see the right use of property. So there's no way I could do my job without a computer. I mean, there's just yep. no way that I could do it. So we don't wrestle with that, oh, gee, should you have a computer? Well, if that's what you need to be able to do what God is asking you to do, then then you, you have, have it. it right, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, probably, and even then, you don't like go out and buy one. No, if the no, community no. Right, owns right, it, exactly. but it's kind of like exactly. they put your name exactly, tag on exactly. it just out of convenience. Exactly. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So that's it. Awesome. Yeah. I might be. Um, I'd be torn. I might be Dominican. Okay. Because I love the preaching aspect. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I look great in white. Yeah. I yeah, really do. Yeah, I mean, do. you really have to base this on the color yeah, scheme. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Salesian, though. Okay. I, uh, you know, I love my passion's youth uh, youth ministry. I love Bosco. Just the idea of living, just being devoted to hanging yeah, out with young people all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Uh, hey, well, here's a question: What would you have done for a job if you weren't ordained a priest? I'm guessing <laughs> that's directly towards you. Towards you. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I always liked law. I was a poli sci law major. Okay. Um, so maybe some type of law, something like that. Poli yeah. I always like politics as well. Um, yeah. So who knows? I think if I I'll answer the question, even though I'm not a priest. But if I didn't end up being a deacon or teaching, you know, at a university of theology, I I probably would have ended up in graphic design. Okay. To be honest, I Producing love something. I love visual arts. Yeah. I mean, I just find all that so fascinating and wonderful. Cool. So. I remember I was young enough to remember like the first version of Adobe Photoshop yeah, and yeah, just yeah. looking at it like what look what you can do you, know, you can you can bend the font so, so funny um, I've always I, I even now work way too hard on my course information sheets and my <laughs> slideshows yeah. like nobody else cares but I care a lot That's um, funny. so there you go 
Uh, any video studies coming up? Any more video studies coming up? Yeah, so we're just finishing the last series. Um, is my father's father. Mm-hmm. Uh, we dropped episode five, just came out on Tuesday, and the last one will come out next Tuesday. And we're beginning to take a look at, at what the next one might look like. Okay. Um, so we're we're not... Mary, is that just so obvious or no? No, it's not obvious at all. And, and we're thinking about Mary or Marian... Um, doctrines or dogmas yeah, or yeah. or marrying apparitions or something like mm. that. So so we'll see. Okay. Yeah, yeah keep that in your purse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my next video study is this podcast. So nice. just, just keep paying attention nice, to it. Nice. But actually another question was upcoming projects for you. So maybe that falls into that or are there other upcoming projects? No, that's probably it's it's that's the big one. Yeah, try to get this one done and then we'll go from there. Yeah, for me, um, I've been working on a youth ministry book. And that will hopefully be. I have a contract with our OSV, and hopefully that is that going to be a textbook? Is that no. your thought, or or just? Well, it's going to be more of a popular book. So the working title right now is to share the gospel with our lives, and it's focused on relational youth ministry. As I visited a lot of dioceses, and as I've been working on this for a year or so, I just started asking the question: What book is helpful? And they all said, not all of them, but the majority opinion was a short book that explains how to do relational ministry that somebody could hand to a new volunteer or somebody new in a parish and just say, read this, read this, because there's a lot of great programs out there, but they always assume a level of relational engagement. And I think in the life of the Catholic church with safe environment and other things, it's kind of the elephant in the room that we say, you're supposed to accompany young people, but not too close. Yeah. Yeah, You know, sign the five permission forms. And so, um, so that would be the goal of the book. I think I would end up using it in class, okay. but it's certainly not textbooky. In so that not sense. And not necessarily a book for parents. Not a book for parents. Okay. 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 No. Because no. I know some of our questions. Yeah. Are why don't just we go that. to that one? Yeah, we had a number of questions asking about how parents can help their children, or particularly their adult children, uh, come back to the faith. So let's get to some of those. Uh, so, what ideas do you have for parents who wish for their adult children to come back to church? Yeah. Or no, wait. Oh, the book. Let's start with the book thing. Can you oh. recommend books that an adult child might read to help bring them back to the church? Oh, I, I when, you, when we were talking about this earlier, I was thinking it was a different type of book. Oh. Um, I just started reading Chronicles of Narnia again. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah. Just the other day, it's like, I think I want to read them again. Nice. They're beautiful. Yeah, they are. I love them. They love are. Them. Um, yeah. Uh, boy, a book. Uh, I, I, it's so broad. I mean, why did they leave? What was going on? Sure. Was it a rejection of the faith? Was it a personal issue? Was it a moral issue? I mean, there's just yeah. so many things that go on, you know, so it's hard to answer that question. I mean, just I think one of a really good basic book on the faith is actually, I love Alan Shrek's book, oh. Catholic and Christian. I oh, mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's, I'm glad you say that. It's such a, it's been around for so long, it's kind of like, oh, well, that, but I just thought it was a great book. I've, I've recommended that so many yes. times, you know, just the basics of the faith, comparing a little bit to the evangelicals, uh, fundamentals, fundamentalists. So I think that's a great book. <laughs> and I'm glad you mentioned that as well. So we're talking about, um, it's Catholic. It's called Catholic and Christian by our good friend, Alan Shrek. I, as I mentioned in the podcast before, I work with uh, Young Life and we do some training of evangelicals and how evangelicals and Catholics work together. We all read the book together, and everybody's blown away yeah, by it. The yeah, Catholics yeah, are blown yeah. away by it. Like, I've never heard it explained so simply. And evangelicals are blown away by it. Like, wow, that makes so much sense we didn't of what think, the Catholic believes. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. And so it's, um, it's such worth a read. And I think, if, I think if you have an adult child 
who is questioning about what the church believes, that would be a, yeah, that would be yeah, a fantastic yeah. book. If they just seem to be dead in the faith, I would I would probably recommend a great saint biography or something like like you'd want to get yeah. something that would get the heart going. Like what do you when you think of like great books about saints? Yeah, hiking what, the Camino, five hundred miles with Jesus. Oh, is that right? Yeah, by no, Father about, about saints. Oh wait, oh. Father Joe's in there. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Nothing comes you, to mind. You've got me on. Yeah, I'm, I'm blank right now. No, it's totally good. Yeah. Um, one of my f- w- great book is The Death Camp Made Him Real. Okay. It was one of the first books about St. Maximilian Colby. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's a great one. That's just the one that comes to mind. But you could also maybe just look and see what, you know, but I think a story yeah. is, is I, more I wouldn't, beautiful. I wouldn't start with Mother Teresa's Come Be My Light. Maybe not. Did you read that? No. I mean, it it talks about her darkness. Oh, and it's like it's not that's, the first one. That's a one. bit heavy. Yeah, Return of the Prodigal Son is a great book. Um, oh, by Henry Nowen. Henri yeah, 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 that's a really good book. Have you read In the Shadow of His Wings? Yes, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. great book. In the Shadow of His Wings is a book. It's not about a saint, but he could be. Yeah, um, yeah. It's about a young German man who was in the seminary, and then uh, Nazism takes over, and so he ends up being part of the German army, but he wants to be a chaplain and then he gets captured. It's just, it's an amazing story yeah. of faith. Yeah. I would say things like that. If I had a kid that wasn't interested, between I would try the, to give a book that would be interesting. Between the rock and the sea? Between the savior and the sea? <laughs> you don't even know the name of my book. Ouch. I did write a book. It's called Between the Savior and the Sea. It's about the life of St. Peter. See that? And uh, we'll just give that a plug too. Good. Why not? How many... Oh, do you have any advice? So other than books, do you have yeah. any advice for parents who wish their adult children to come back to church? The number one, the number, every every study out there, Okay. the number one study about whether or not your kids are going to have faith is whether or not mom and dad have faith. Okay. And now that's not to say if, oh, all I have to do is have faith and, and my kids are going to come back. That's not the case. Yeah. But the number one study after study after study, if mom and dad... And this is interesting. Have a personal relationship with Christ and speak about that. And that's more than just necessarily going to Mass. Yes. You know, because sometimes people go to Mass and they never actually talk about it. Why is it important? Why is this part of our family? Why? What do right. I get out of it? You know, what did the scriptures even say to me at Mass today? So a mom and dad who go to Mass uh, regularly and have a personal relationship with Jesus and talk about it. It is the number one indicator on whether or not your kids are going to have faith. Yeah. I think the person, one of the early surveys of it, the person just summed it up as you'll get what you are, which is in terms of if you're living the faith, there's a very good chance that that's going to get passed on. And I like what you're saying about the conversations, that um, find find places of sacred moments. I always find the car ride to and from school. You know, we pray on the way there. I try to ask questions like, what have you been praying for? Or what's your spiritual life like? Or what are you reading? And if they don't have an answer, then I try to help them out with things. So that's there. Yeah. And and we're not saying that it's, it's, you know, absolute 100% because I know a lot of moms and dads have been unbelievably faithful and their kids for one reason or another have left. Yes. And I've also known mom and dads that were dumpster fires (laughs) as far as faith is concerned. Sure. And their kids persevere. So, but statistically, you know, certainly... From my experience of dealing with people, that's the number one thing. The other is um, questions are okay. Mm. You know, don't freak out if, and this is more with younger kids, but don't freak out if if your kid comes home and says, "Ah, I don't know if I believe this. I don't know. Questions are okay. They need to have a place where they feel they can ask a question. Mom and dad aren't going to freak out. 
And you just say, well, and if you don't know, say that. I don't know. Well, let's figure that out. Yeah. But that's really an important time for young adults or for um, teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think that's great advice for those that might have younger kids at home and still have some influence. Yeah. You're dying at the plague over there. I'm sorry, bro. Um, What about kids are gone? Kids are out of the house. They're maybe married. They're doing their own thing. And I know sometimes it's not uncommon that you might have a deeper conversion later in life. And now you're seeing what your kids are doing. Do you have any thoughts or advice towards that? Yeah, I think the same thing. The the witness is always the most powerful thing. Yeah. Keep lines of communication open. Hmm. I know that there's some people who might disagree with that. But, I mean, I, I would hope everybody agrees that we should have lines of communication open. But that there's always an invitation there. Yeah. You know, so I know that, you know, there have been, you know, families where the kids didn't get married in the church and mom and dad, should I go, should I not go, this, that, and the other. But anything that we can do that can keep the possibility of relationship and communication open and then continually invite, you know, if they're visiting, invite them to come to church with you. If you're visiting them, go to church, even if it's awkward, you (laughs) know, Um, and then, you know, drop them notes or cards or something like that that continue to maybe inspire their faith. But and then obviously the obvious is prayer and fasting. Pray, pray, pray and fast. Yeah. Yeah. As we're heading into Lent, that's a great um, that's that's a great thought. I would add to that. Sometimes, um, not sometimes, I've, this is a common question that I get asked, especially working with uh, young people. First of all, don't be driven by your own guilt. Yeah. Like you're mentioning, that's a good stat. Boy, if they are faithful, if they're talking about the faith, their kids are going to have faith. And that's really great news for someone that's got a five or you know seven-year-old and they can start that. And then there's others that say, whoa, I wish somebody would have told me that yeah. you know, back then. And so make sure the motivation isn't a guilt motivation. Oh, I screwed them up. I need to fix this. Like I think if you are going at it with the attitude of I need to fix them, it's it's not going to work. And they're going to always push away. I mean nobody wants to be fixed, right? right? Nobody right. wants to be corrected in that kind of sense. And there's always that, you know, relationship with parents and kids uh, in, in, you know, when you're a parent and then they get older and now it's like, well, they just don't want as much fixing, so to speak. Uh and then in the light of that, I think trying to a pray, make the invitation, witness the faith, love. There's no simple answer for it. I think the prayer thing is important because you'll, you just might have to recognize that you might not be the best person to share the faith with them. And, I think you know, that's I, absolutely and true. And I, I think that's even true if you have a sibling or something that isn't engaged in the faith. And you just start praying for that person who will. It, you'd love it to be you. But they might need to see this somewhere else, some other place, some other face. Pray for that person that somebody would, you know, it's not so much the question of what can I say to get through to them. It might be, Lord, please bring people in their life that will share the faith. Yeah, that's that's absolutely, that's beautiful. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of times that is in fact the case because there's so much history between parents and children where somebody else a stranger can say something. It's like, oh, that's beautiful. But mom and dad say it. It's like, oh, I know, it, you know, <laughs> you're so passive aggressive. You yeah. Know, so that's well, this, cool. is, this has been great. We might get to more questions later. There's one last question that we can answer. Can you say hi to my prayer group friends that did several of your video studies and admire your work? 
Um, can you say hi? I guess they're called the Coyotes. The Coyotes? That's the best. Hello, That's Coyotes. Right. Or use their names, Joanne, Janet, Bernadette, Madge, and Colleen. The answer oh. is no, we're not allowed no, to do we, 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 we can't it, give out shout If outs. we could to give a shout oh, out, we would. we would. We would totally say we're so happy we're that so you- we're so hampered by university policies. Right, the fact this. that we would, if we could, we'd tell them that we're so happy that they listen to this yes. and we hope that they're blessed by it and we just appreciate them, but we can't. We can't. But if we could, we would, wouldn't we? Absolutely. Totally would. Absolutely. So thanks to all of you who sent in questions, and maybe we'll get to some others. But we don't want to forget that today, as you're listening to this podcast- Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Yes, and it is. I saw this on a meme that made me happy. You can't spell, you can't spell Valentine without Lent. Wow. V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N-E. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like it was preordained. So, uh, Yeah. I don't ever remember this falling on... It does. Oh, does it? Yeah, because everybody said that. It's like, honestly, it happened just not that long ago, too. <laughs> it's like, I don't think this has ever happened before. It's unprecedented. That's right, that's it's right. unprecedented. But it's it's an early, obviously, an early Lent. We have... Yes. Chris, Easter will be in March this year. So. Yeah, right. So what are you going to do? Are you going to celebrate Valentine's like, like the day before and give your bride some flowers or something like that? No, no. I'm going to I'm going to give her flowers on Valentine's Day. Okay, and then burn and, them and, and they're put ashes. Be, and they're going to be coated in ash. Nice, nice. You know, everything we do is just going to have ash sprinkled nice, on it. Nice. Um, because... We're either cheap or we're on a budget. Early on in our relationship, my wife, in her generous love, said, I can give her flowers on February 15th. You don't understand this because you're not married or dating people. Oh, they're people. cheaper. They are so much cheaper. Like they are, like a bouquet of flowers will be like $50 okay. on Tuesday. And that same bouquet will be Five ninety nine so on funny. Thursday. Same flowers, they just didn't get picked up. That's so, so funny. Um, sometimes we'll we'll do that. We'll probably, you know, there's there's going to be probably a, n- a number of you who will kind of mix the Mardi Gras Valentine's vibe, and that's and that's always nice. Yeah. But um, especially those of you in the South who really get excited about Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah it's like it's, a whole thing. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. Yeah, but yeah, I'll be away with my friends on Ash Wednesday. I think we're going to we're going to be in the Dominican Republic, and I think we're going to go to the oldest cathedral in the Western Hemisphere. Wow. We're going to celebrate Mass there and just kind of a little bit of a pilgrimage and prayer for Ash Wednesday. So it should be nice. Are you going to get to celebrate it or are you just going to go to a I'm Mass? I'm just going to go, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought about it, but I, yeah, I'm just going to go yeah. and just be with the people there. So it should be nice. That'll be fantastic. And then we are thinking, we were thinking about what we could do for Lent yeah. and we we're thinking... Uh, do a kind of a reflection on the seven deadly sins. Exactly. So each Sunday or each week of Lent, we'll pick one of the deadly sins and we'll just talk about it and just spend some time about how that impacts our life, how it impacts the life of the Christian, and then maybe a little bit of repentance with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the season to turn away from sin and to look towards the cross. This was Bob's idea. I thought it was a great idea. Thanks. Yeah, so we'll just spend a few minutes talking about it. No... um, Show and tell or anything like that. We'll just, we'll just. <laughs> we'll be giving examples yeah, in our own life right. about Let me tell you about sins. this time that I. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll get canceled. That's so, right. Um, as you're entering into this beautiful season of Lent, which is my least favorite season. And my favorite. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to share, but do you know what you're doing already? This, again, you're listening uh, yeah. to us on the day of Lent, on Ash, so you should probably know by now, but. No, I don't totally have it settled, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What was uh, one of the best fasts you ever did? I did one. I, I did one Lent without meat. 
Okay, the entire the, the entire, entire time. The entire Lent. Okay. Yeah, and that was just that was actually it was pretty pretty cool. Um, but honestly, one of the things that I try to do is if I'm and I'm going to if I fast from something, I want it to produce a particular fruit or okay. have the possibility of particular. So I often fast from honestly time things, such as I don't know maybe don't do any YouTube or don't do okay. uh, I, like one of the lengths I did no sports. Wow. Like no ESPN, uh-huh. no SI, anything like that, so that it provides a little bit more time and then hopefully pray a little that bit you pray. more. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really cool. Yeah. I did, I gave up bacon once. Once. And one day or one no, Lent? No, the whole Lent. The whole Lent. I mean, that, I know you. That's I not know. easy. That was, that was hardcore. Yeah. And I, and to be honest, every time I start trying to pray about, Lord, what do you want me to give up? I think to the, my thing myself, don't say bacon. Don't yeah, that's say bacon. Right. Don't say bacon. One of the more unusual fasts that was great for me, I was, um, I felt like I was just drinking a bit too much. By the way, for me, drinking too much is like twelve beers three, a day. three light beers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't, I'm not really a drinker, and I have no tolerance. By the way, I just get sleepy, and so I was thinking, I'm just going to give up alcohol, and I've done that a number of times. I've just given up alcohol, and uh, and I was praying it, and it, it ended up being great. So it must have been of the Lord. Um, one beer a day at most. Okay. I think actually I thought no. I think it was like I could have five beers in the week, but it okay. it taught me moderation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like normally I would I would almost always have like two beers with a burger and stuff like that. Well, now I'm just going to have one. Well, I really want the second one because I had the first one. Right. In some ways, it was easier for me to just say I'm not going to have no, anything. No, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely than right. just to do one. And I came out of that being like, and now I can just I, have, that's still have held up. A beer. I can just yeah. have a beer. Yeah, and I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> I don't need to have any more. So, be open to those kinds of things. I know it's the first day. I know you're probably already thinking of it, but. Um, it's not just about the sacrifice. It's also what it's leading us yeah, to. Exactly and, exactly. and here's maybe we'll close with this. Fasting on Sundays. Which no, do no, you, no. Yeah. I th- I'm kind of with that too. Well, it depends. Obviously, if you're fasting from sin, yeah. don't like indulge yeah, yeah, on yeah. Sunday. You know, always start with those. But um, it's the Lord's Day. I'm a, I'm a fan of celebrating the Lord's Day, yep. even in that. Well, as we enter into the season, would you give us a blessing? Sure. Heavenly Father, we just thank you as we begin this time of Lent. Our hearts would be turned towards you. We pray for your families, particularly uh, your family members who have uh, wandered away from the Lord, that you'd bring them back, and we trust in your providence. Lord Jesus, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us in this time. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we'll be praying for you and your time of rest. And pray you feel better. Me too. Yeah. And for everybody listening, uh, you can check out more exciting content at faithandreason.com. And you can send us an email at hope at franciscan.com. E-D-U. Wait. (laughs) E-D-U. E-D-U. That's what I meant. That's what you meant. Good job. Happy Lent, everybody.